Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance and Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The year is 1990, and if you stop listening to this podcast midway through, we're gonna kick your fucking asses! And welcome to Unspooled. I am Paul Shear. I'm Amy Nicholson. And this is the podcast where we normally are talking about the AFI's top 100 movies of all time. But as you know, if you listen to this podcast regularly, we take detours. And what we've been doing during the quarantine is exploring some cultural favorites. These are movies that maybe will never belong on a top 100 list, but they do need some attention thrown at them. And um, Amy and I have been hosting this new YouTube series where we are watching these classic films like Big and Clueless and uh, this week's film, which is House Party. We actually are doing a little bit of a 30th anniversary retrospective of House Party. We have uh, writer-director Reggie Hudlin. We also have Kid from Kid and Play here. Amy, I know that uh, you're excited about that. I'm so excited. I used to have the biggest crush on him. Oh, my God. So we're going to just jump into our uh, our live stream, which uh, will be a lot of fun. And hold your thoughts about Goodfellas, because I know they're coming in hot. We will oh, get God. to it next week. Amy, you had a lot of fans, a lot of fans. I also had a lot of fans. A lot of people out there split on this movie, but I can't wait to to go one more round with you. Uh, and I want to assure everyone that we were not fighting. We were not fighting. I could never fight with you. You're my I, Paul. I, felt, I know. I felt the same way. People are like, oh, you were angry. I was like, I wasn't angry. I had to get angry over a movie. Anyway. Um, oh, you don't know how you get angry at a movie? Oh, yeah. I can tell you all about it. <laughs> um, I, get, I can get flabbergasted. I definitely get flabbergasted. Uh, but I'm so excited uh, to share with you uh, this celebration of a movie that both Amy and I love so much. It's called House Party. And uh, enjoy. Hello and welcome to Unspooled. Unspooled. I am Paul Shear and this is Amy Nicholson and this is our Spool Party. Uh, we normally do a podcast called Unspooled where we look at the AFI's top films uh, ever made, but we do something different here uh, during the quarantine. We're looking at some of the cultural best films 
ever made. Uh, we've done movies about big and clueless. And we are also celebrating today the 30th anniversary of House Party. Uh, you might know me from shows like The League and Black Monday and NTSF SDSUV. Uh, and Amy, how would people know you? Uh, wanted posters? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, we're today uh, watching one of my absolute favorite all-time movies of all time. I am so excited. I am so excited. I am so excited. So thank you for joining our house party. So, Amy, let's talk a little bit. Uh, we right now are in the middle of a pandemic. There are so many places out there that need our help, and we're trying to do a little bit of something to help people out. Um, this movie, House Party, was an independent film. Uh, it was uh, premiered at Sundance. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But we created a T-shirt that is raising money for Art House America. You can check it out here, Indoor Adventure Squad. So if you buy this T-shirt over at uh, tpublic.com uh, slash stores slash unspooled, we will donate 100% of our proceeds to uh, Art House America, which is an organization set up by the Criterion Channel to help struggling independent theaters who are all closed right now. Um, so that's what we got going on tonight. So Amy, uh, do you have a quiz for me? I hear you have a quiz. I have a tiny quiz. I have a tiny quiz. You know, I like to come up with evil small quizzes for you. So it's kind of mm -hmm. racking my brain to think of something worthy of a house party, which, you know, as Daniel Davis is saying in the comments right now, was the last movie he got to see in the theater before quarantine because it was playing at the New Bev in LA. New Bev, always with yeah. the excellent, excellent programming. So I tried to come up with an evil quiz for you. Uh, this week, the evilest topic I could think of is I wanted to give you a quiz on important houses. So I'm calling this quiz, <laughs> Who Said It? The Stars of House Party or House MD? <laughs> All, right. All right. This is going to be tough. I'm ready for okay. this. Yes. Okay. All right. Question one. Who said it? The quote is, you are basically a stuffed animal made by grandma. Okay. I mean, that has to be the the very dry wit of the very angry house MD. Am I right? Let's see if you're right. You are. Right. You yes. nailed it. I All got right. one. Got one. All right. Question two. Mind-blowing decisions cause head-on collisions. <laughs> this is tricky because I know house deals with people in urgent care. So I know that he's probably seeing a lot of car crash victims. But I'm going to say this is from House Party. This is a kid and play quote. Am I right? Yes. You are All correct. Right. Dun, two dun, dun, dun. for two. The two right, these, this good. is my excellent Photoshop, by the way. So I hope you're appreciating it. Just realized I, I forgot really the second quotation mark. Question three. <laughs> Here you go. Don't get cocky, kid. So many ad headaches. Now I'm asking for aspirin and more pills. Oh, man. So many headaches. Now. All right. Boy, uh, I'm going to go out on a ledge. I think you're going to throw me a you're throwing me a, a trick here. I'm going to say that that's uh, that's kid in play. <laughs> you are correct. That is what I am. Kid, yes. Yes. Yeah that, yeah. that was in fact kid in play. That was in fact kid in play. All right. We got two more. We got two more. You're actually nailing this. I'm incredibly I'm impressed. Loving it. Well, look, All I'm right. a big fan of I'm a big fan of house and a big fan of house parties. <laughs> so there we go. That makes sense. All right, Josh, can we see question four? There is a code bros before hose, man. All right. I, because I'm feeling so good about this, Amy, I am going to say that that is house MD. House MD says ha, has to have said that. Yes, he did. I can't yes, believe Yes, yes, yes. Nailing this quiz because it seems so, yeah, it seems, <laughs> I love, I love, well, I don't want to watch that episode. That's, that's embarrassing for me to even read that he said that. All right. All right. Let's see if you can get a perfect score. Last question. Question five. If her DNA was off by one percentage point, she'd be a dolphin. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> first of all, I can't get over the picture of house MD. 
Uh, I'm going to say that's kid and play. I have bad news for you. What? It is house. It is house. It's that house. Is a stone gold house line. No, oh, no. Four out of five. Four <laughs> out of five. That just that feels is like commendable. A, not bad. I feel like that's how they would have described one of the girls at the party. You know, Amy, we have a great guest coming up. We have uh, Reggie Hudlin, who wrote and directed this film, uh, which is his first feature film. We also have Christopher uh, Kid Reed today in the show. They'll be coming up in just a little bit. But I wanted to bring you back to, I know that you love this movie. I want to hear why you love this movie, but I didn't know uh, if you know that my history to this movie goes back a little bit. Here is my signed VHS copy. Of of House Party 3. House Party 3. I I worked at um, Blockbuster Video and uh, the Blockbuster I worked at uh, Play used to come in and rent videos, him and Natalie Portman. And I one time got him to sign this. Now, the one thing I find very interesting about this, I need to ask uh, Kid about this, is uh, he signed it, Peace, Kid, and Play. He Whoa. signed for both of them. So I'm going to have to ask, I'm going to have to ask Kid if he, A, is okay with that. And have they, you know, because he's really, I mean, that's, they both, he, there it is. I also met, uh, I've also met uh, Chris uh, Kid uh, a few times as well. And uh, I got his autograph. Uh, at a Caliente cab company in New York City when I was a freshman at NYU. So there we go. <laughs> Nicest guy. I had no idea you were such an autograph nut. <laughs> I was for a little bit. It was a weird, it was a weird time. Were you uh, cool about it? Were you, did you have any like smoothness or just like, excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Play. May I get your autograph, please? I was very respectful. Uh, one time I was shut down by Alan Alda from MASH. Uh, I went over to his table and said, get out of here, kid. You don't know who I am. You didn't like, say that true. during our MASH episode. Why did you hide that fact? I don't believe. Oh, wow. I can't. I normally take that one out all the time. I love Alan Alda. And he was right. Honestly, I was a six-year-old kid. I didn't know who Alan Alda was. My grandma made me go up and talk to him. Oh, wait. No, you uh, did tell us this story. I'm sorry. I did forgot. It? Right. Anything that re- that's about your traumatic family, I do always remember. <laughs> um, Amy, what is your connection with House Party? You know, I didn't see House Party until I was in college. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And then I popped it in and I swear I must have driven all of my friends crazy because once I watched House Party, I'm here, a senior in film school, never stopped watching it. I watched House Party more than any other film for the entire, I probably watched it more in college just that last year than every other thing I watched throughout (laughs) college. I just thought it was the perfect platonic ideal of a movie. And it made me excited to be a film critic because I feel like part of being a film critic is you know, not saying that like, oh, there's art movies and teen movies. You know, art movies are great and teen movies are nonsense. When a film is perfect, and I believe that House Party is very close to perfect, the film critic's job is to like celebrate that and point it out and say like, this yeah. film is great. And then, you know, I, I I am not quite as versed in the rest of the franchise. Um, one of the very rare times in my life that I ever took a pop brownie and watched a movie. It was to watch House Party 2, the Pajama Jammy Jam. And I was so excited to watch it. Like I was just like, the House Party is my favorite film. I've been putting off watching this until this moment. And that movie is so sad and depressing because Kid, who I love so deeply, loses everything. You know, he loses his dad. He loses his scholarship. He loses his girlfriend. And all of House Party 2, the Pajama Jammy Jam is just one tragedy after another. And I couldn't take it in the state that I was in. Like I was bereft. So I've never watched it again. Oh, man, I hope they brought it back for House Party 3. Uh, (laughs) We're going to talk about where this franchise goes towards the end of the show. Uh, But before we bring out uh, Reggie, um, 
who I've worked with uh, a couple of times and who is just a great guy and, and has had his hands on so many amazing things in culture from House Party and Boomerang and Black Panther and BET and even up until Black Monday. He's done so much cool stuff. Let's go back to when this movie came out, which was 1993. Years ago, last month, uh, 30 years ago, last month, this celebrated its anniversary. And I'm going to give you some year facts from 1990. Okay, so uh, wave your hands in the air, everybody. It's 1990. NASA launches the Hubble Space Telescope. Saddam Hussein orders the Iraq invasion of neighboring Kuwait. U.S. and U.K. sends troops to Kuwait for Operation Desert Shield. Paleontologist Sue Hendrickson discovers the largest and most well-preserved Tyrannosaurus Rex fossilized skeleton nicknamed Sue the T-Rex. The specimen is more than 90% complete, 13 feet tall, 40 feet long, and sold for $8 million to Chicago's Field Museum. Uh, The U.S. enters a major recession, and the removal of the Berlin Wall begins. Wow, 1990. Uh, The hot movies of the year were Ghost, Pretty Woman, Home Alone, and today's film, House Party. So that gives you a little idea of what's going on. By the way, that uh, that Sue T-Rex, you can't get anywhere in Chicago without seeing that around. That's even in the airport. They got a really? lot of- Really? So yeah, that's yeah, where they, Sue still is? Not in the airport, but they got like a lot of a lot of memorabilia to see Sue. So this is a big year. A big, big wow. year. Have you seen Sue? I've never seen Sue. I've never been to Chicago. Oh, Chicago's a great city. You got to see You got to see Sue. I've seen Sue and I've seen House Party. Uh <laughs> But um, let's play a clip from the movie. Uh, just a little taste of yeah. uh, what this movie is about. I pulled a clip of a rap battle between kid and play at the center of the movie. Uh, yeah, I know. Give me that mic. Oh, you want some of this? Yo, it's my turn. I'm never fessing, possessing the tools that it takes to rock. I think it's time for the new kid on the block. With style was wild, yet so unique. I can't be stopped from reaching my peak because giving my all at all. That's how I gotta live. It's my prerogative. So you know I gotta give more for the dance floor. And I'll make your brain sore. Kids revving and buzzing just like a chainsaw. Well, look, you'll say, damn, man, that kid, he's a grand man. Because I'll bust a hand. Stand on American bandstand with these. I plead with ease and make your mind freeze. Straight out the 80s, right into the 90s. Giving you the highs and lows like a drama. And if the mic's got juice, you know I'ma keep wailing. You know I'll have you staring a while. Because the kid's much more than hair and a smile. <laughs> that is the hype shit. Oh, I see. Think you all that now. Yup. And then some. It's my party and I rhyme if I want to Be careful and don't you step to the front to kiss Cause I'ma dismiss with a death kiss And make you sorry that you ever stepped to this microphone wizard So come on, place your bet Is it gonna be me or erase ahead? Put your money on a sorry old poor thing Well, you can get behind a sure thing And that's me, the capital P on the high tip One false move and you'll get your ass whipped Just tell me how the rhymes and the cut sound You won't start feeling the pain till you touch ground Boy, you're going way out, I'm ready to serve you if you can stay out past your pop's curfew, look at him. Already it has been. Let Uncle Play say a rhyme that'll tuck your ass in. <laughs> I right. love I love this. And I this opens up a big question for me about this movie. Because Kid and Play, as we know them, are a rap duo, right? They are, you know, they're they're together, they're friends. But in this movie, they're not like best friends. They're kind of like it's it's an interesting relationship. In the grand scheme of like movies with best friends. This movie kind of breaks a lot of rules. And what would you say that they're like good buddies? Yeah, I would say like I this movie has a a look at friendship, but there's a lot of competition between friends. And it's like kind of figuring out how much can we tussle over the same things. And you're like right. the, the the play that they present for it in this movie, you know, 
kid is kind of the sweetheart. There's that line to like getting, having to stay out past his dad's curfew. Like he's the kind of sheltered one. His mother's dead. He's sweeter. He's more innocent. Whereas play is like in this movie, kind of a jerk. Like they kind of let him have a character who's like, I am really fastidious. Like this is my party. I am the coolest. I'm the only one who gets to rap. I'm really bad about taking care of Martin Lawrence's feelings when I make him DJ for free at my party, which is a very relatable. And wreck his equipment, Amy, they wreck his equipment. equipment. And then you also have, you know, the other pair of female best friends in here who are both quietly crushing on kid a little bit or like messing with his feelings and them having to figure out their whole dynamic. There's a whole world in this film. You know, we talk about John Hughes's movies as sometimes at their best when they try, like in Pretty in Pink, getting into the economics of the world. But here in House Party, you see that all four of them have different lives, different kind of family structures. You know, that Tisha's family, her parents are kind of wealthy. They go to like benefits. Whereas like her best friend, Sheree, like her house, she lives in the projects and they talk about all the differences and how that affects their life. And like, who do you want to date because of it? It's a really complicated world with these friends. It's not all just like we're homogenous and we get along. I totally agree. And so, like, I mean, if you've not seen the movie, which you should see, but like, let's explain the movie because I think if you don't know anything about it, you would just assume it's about one monster house party. But the house party relatively plays a small part in the film. It kind of reminds me in ways of like super bad. Like, the party is there, but it's not like even super bad. The party is like the climax. This, the party is uh, the house party is not the climax of this movie. It's kind no, of like the it's, midpoint. It's the center point. Yeah, it's the center yeah. point. You know, Leslie Tackett says in the comments, she feels like Kid and Play are just, quote, associates who are both yeah. interested in rap, which I think is interesting. And Brianna Ber- uh, Bertolio points out something that I think is really interesting about this house party. Like, you would think a house party movie, like you're saying, is decadence and stuff goes crazy and, like, there's goats running through. But this movie, you know, one thing about it is, like, there's a lot of vacuuming. There's a lot of yes. take care of my parents' house. There's a lot of um, there's safe kind of sex, Amy. There's safe, safe sex. There's conversations about, about that. Yeah, and there's a subplot in here about how drinking is kind of lame in high school. Like two kids drink, they both pass out, and they're not fun. And everybody makes fun of them. I know it's. It's. I think that this movie is more realistic than you would believe it to be because I think every time every time you see a, a party in a movie, whether it's like Animal House or, you know, Almost Famous or Super Bad, it there are these larger than life things going on. And this is just a normal night. It's like a Wednesday night house party and a lot of things go on, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. And you're right about the John Hughes comparison. I was thinking about that a lot. I was like, this movie, very rarely do we talk about teen movies decades after they're released. And this is a, a movie they have a lot of similarities because I think they are grounded in this, like, this universal truth about being a teenager. Exactly. I think there's something really universal about House Party. You know, it's not set in any particular town. It's kind of an mm-hmm. everywhere-ish Americana town. It doesn't, I would say it doesn't get too deep into individual character personality traits. Like, it's not about, like, where is somebody going to go to college? Like, there's no greater life beyond this. You know, that they're worried about. It's kept to this, but yet it's still really realistic. It's very easy to work your way into relating to this film. Well, it's funny because this movie is such a gigantic hit. Um, And we'll talk about how that gets to that point. But that you forget that it's an independent movie. This is a movie that was based off a short film. And it has some of the hallmarks of what we know as an independent film. But it's about teens and it's comedy and it's fun and it's light. But it's like they can't necessarily do all of that either just because it's just not going to – they they can't afford to do all of that. You know, it, it's a very simple kind of film. 
Yeah, exactly. And I love that this film, you know, it premieres at Sundance in 1990, January 1990, like the dawn of a new decade. And it wins one of the major uh, prizes, one of the major like American dramatic prizes. And it's so fascinating because, you know, the year before is like the famous year where Sex, Lies and Videotape goes to Sundance, puts Sundance on the map and kind of launches the indie world. But this film coming right after it, it makes me feel like hungry for almost this indie, really likable, big comedy world that House Party seemed like it was inaugurating, but it didn't really get followed up on, you know, that there's I, totally, a, I think there's yeah. films were missing that should have existed that this would have paved the way for. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it's so, uh, I think a lot of the times what you do is you kind of gravitate towards making a movie of the now, especially with, uh, with films that are involving teens, right? It's like everything is totally topical and current and the issues that you deal with aren't necessarily, I, I don't know. There's something about these issues that seem like universal and they, 30 years later, they are the same issues that kids would be dealing with. Yes, things have changed. So there's, five sequels to this movie. I, and, and I think we'll, we'll get the verdict on whether or not any of them hold up as good as this, but I want to talk before we bring in uh Reggie, I want to talk about who kid and play were when this started. I think a, a big piece of news that came out a while ago was that uh, at one point uh, uh, Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff were attached to be in it. And they were like, no, 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 we're going to do something else. And so it came to kid and play and, uh, and so Kid and Play are these, like, they've had these two big albums here. So take a look at this. I just want to show you, like, these two big albums that they had out there. Uh, one was Too Hype. And that's their first album. And their videos are playing on this, like, kind of cooler version of MTV called Too Much Music. And then their second album, which comes out the year that House Party comes out, is uh, Funhouse. And I want to give you a little taste of what they are like as a duo. So this is a clip from uh, one of their videos. This is uh, before House Party came out. Correct. We select on the set beats and rhymes that are both in check. Her beats behind the board cold getting respect. We are kidding play in total effect. We're getting funky up to par. And that's with a hyped up beat. Just laying on the guitar. You'll feel the bass. It's soft and wet. Yes, honey. You'll get a taste. We're not just yet. Right, money? The beat is live. Troops, so don't front on it. Hit it while the getting's good and just jump on it. Minute by minute. Yo, hour by hour. Kid play got soul power. We're getting funky. I just want to bring this up because this is a movie, these these guys meant a bunch to me because this is a time when I'm getting into rap music. My parents don't know what is acceptable rap music, right? Because yeah. it's sort of like they are, you can listen to this around your parents. There's no cursing in it. You know, it's not like NWA. It wasn't like uh, some of the other stuff that was out there. And I felt like this and Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff were like, they were the they were the things I could listen to in the house and like would not, that were like, it was acceptable. So that was like, it, I think for so many people that are my age, that's kind of an entry point into these guys as well. So they're big, they're super big, but they're, you know, they're right now, they're just kind of rap stars, they're hip, you know, hip hop stars. Like they're not yeah. like, they're not necessarily actors. No, you're right. They're, yeah, they, they were really accomplished, which is why I think it's really applause worthy that they're able to channel high school emotions so well in this film. I mean, they feel legitimately like people who are still discovering the world. There's not a lot of cynicism in the way they play this. I feel like a lot of times when an older person plays a teen, you can kind of say that they're playing a teen. Wait, how old are they? Okay. I don't know yes. this. All right. Yeah. Let's look at this. How, I, I'm, I'm pulling up a picture and okay. I want you just to guess how old you think they are. Feel free to play at home alone. Like guess how old you think they were when they were playing teenagers in house party. 
I mean, I'm going to say like, I feel like they're like 19 and 20 or maybe like 19 and 18. No, they have to be like 19 and 20. I think that's it. Not 20. Give us the ages. Oh boy. Wait. What? 26 I did not realize they're almost 30. Holy shit. They're such good actors in this movie. Seriously. Yeah. Whoa, that's crazy. Oh my God. 26 and 28. (laughs) You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Lars Anderson was asking me, was it me, the person who was forced to destroy my Weird Al Yankovic records because my mom thought it was offensive? Yes, that is true. My mom became a born-again Christian, and uh, there was a song on a Weird Al album called Nature Trail to Hell, and she thought that was a demonic song, so we had to destroy those albums. My Kid and Play albums were not touched. My LL Cool J albums were touched, and they were destroyed. Um, Uh, Well, let's bring— Wait, wait, wait. wait. Can I tell you something? Yeah. My dad— when I insisted that I really wanted to get the uh, cassette tape of User Illusion 1 and 2 by Guns N' oh, Roses, my. Yes. my dad um, went through the lyric sheets and crossed out in Sharpie every lyric he thought was offensive. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife had a, an anatomy book and her dad drew underwear on all the uh, all the, all the people. So there we go. Uh, you hear the laugh of uh, our first guest on the show. Uh, he is the writer, the director of House Party. He's also the director of great films like uh, Boomerang. He has his own uh, entertainment conglomerate. He ran BET. Uh, Reggie, you are you have lived a life. You've, you've kind of reinvented Black Panther from Marvel Comics. You've done it all. Please welcome Reggie Hudland. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Reggie. We are so excited to talk to you, Reggie. This is awesome. Um, thank you for celebrating a house party with us. Look, Paul, first of all, anytime we can talk, I'm in. You know, <laughs> we, we love the same things, comic books, hip hop. We're, we're always like comedy. Like, yes, these are the well, things I, we care about. I got to tell you, I was a fan of this movie and a fan of yours, but I did some like research deep dive on this and I didn't understand kind of all the backstory to this, right? So you're... You're at Harvard. You make a thesis film, which is this house party. You make a short that is this film. I didn't realize that came out of that. So I want to just talk about that short for a second. Like, what was the, in- yes. like, what, where did that all come from? You know, uh, my freshman year is 1979, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the same year that Rapper's Delight hits, oh, man. Right? right? So freshman year, it's all about, can you memorize the entire song? Every verse, <laughs> every lyric, right? This is what's happening all over the country, including yeah. on Harvard's campus, right? So, and for, so, by the t- so by the time I'm doing my senior thesis, and Harvard's film program is very documentary film-oriented, okay. right? Which is cool in the sense that you're not focused on making movies about movies, which is what a lot of young people do, you get more focused on the real world. Yeah. And in the real world, the most exciting thing that was happening was this cultural revolution that was happening via hip hop. And because I wasn't from New York, because I was from the Midwest, for me, St. Louis, I was interested 
not so much in the New York experience of it, but the point of view of kids all over the country, you know, as the revolution came to their town, to their radio station, you know, to their, through their parties, you know, at, you know, at school or at someone's house, you know, that was the part that was interesting to me. Also, I had, you know, growing up on animal house, growing up on risky business. And I'm like, well, why can't we have the black version of those movies? You know, yeah. not remaking them, but like uh, when I was a kid, my eldest brother was in film school and I was always pitching him movie ideas. So funny, one Christmas, he uh, he gave me uh, a present. I opened it and it's a book with blank pages. And he said, stop telling me your ideas, write them down. Oh, wow. I love that. Now, That's a great gift. Right. And, and like... That's the, you know, when you go from talking about what you want to do to actually doing the act of writing them down, that's yes. the transformative moment, right? So I had collected all these stories from my high school years on that were just incidents, right? Just right. things that my friends did or my brother did or whatever. So when it came time for my senior thesis, I said, well, I'm going to take these stories I've been collecting, string them together like pearls and layer them with this new music. Right. Um, So I made this 20 minute short film called house party and it won awards and, you know, created a kind of a buzz. Right. Yeah. And I remember it would show, uh, you know, again, um, this was before Spike Lee made, she's got to have it. So like, He had this movie called Joe's Best Side Barbershop, We Cut Heads. And that was an hour. And my movie was 20 minutes. So they would show them together. And that's like a night at the movies. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So so after Spike Makes She's Gotta Have It, there was all this kind of appetite. Like, well, is there another one? What's going on? And... And I remember there was a party at Nelson George's house. And Nelson was a journalist who was kind of plugged into everybody. So Spike was at the party. Russell Simmons was at the party. And I knew Russell was going to make another hip-hop movie. He had already done Crush Groove, but he he was going to make another movie, Tougher Than Leather. So I went to Russell and I was like, Russell, I got to direct your movie. You don't know me, but I'm here. You know? <laughs> and he was like, oh, my partner's going to direct the movie. And, you know, I, and I found out that he was like, oh, some Harvard guy thinks he knows hip hop. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> so, that was sort of the big, you know, Spike's success opened the door for other black filmmakers. So, you know, I did a couple of deals and, um, you know, for movies that didn't happen. Meanwhile, but I had earned enough money to buy a computer. And back then, like, you could buy a car or a computer. They were cost right. about the same. <laughs> but I figured the computer was the better investment, you know? Like, yeah. the computer will, like, would not depreciate. The computer, I could write another script. So on that computer, I wrote the spec script for House Party. Oh, wow. And... um and there was a, a young executive who worked for New Line Cinema who saw the house party short and said, hey, we should meet. 
and I had a spec script. So it was like, boom, yeah. here's what I want to make. And they said, okay, let's make it. So, you know, short film plus spec script job. Was it risky though at that time? Because it's sort of like, you know, it sort of, it seems to me like this movie feels very like independent. Like, you know, it's like a little, like, you know, was it, did you have to jump through hoops? Did they want you to change anything or were they like letting you make your vision? Right. Well, that was interesting because, um, um, I first got a set of notes that were just all wrong. Right. Right. Um, and I was like, no, 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 no. You don't get the spirit of this at all. Right. Yeah. But I get that my script could be better. Right. right? Okay. So, you know, this is the key part, you know, like (laughs) their solution may be wrong, but that doesn't mean that they're not pointing at something that's flawed. Right. Right. What's the note under the note? Right. 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 So I went to work and I rewrote the script and made it better. See, I didn't know anything Uh, because, again, my film program is very documentary oriented. So I'm learning, okay, screenplays are in three acts. Okay, what's in three act? You know, I don't know anything, right? right? I'm just figuring it out as I go. So I rewrite the script. It's much better. They like it and they green light it. And it's like, oh my God, I'm making a movie. So, yeah. um, so um, and they're like, well, we need stars, right? Uh, so uh, I had seen... Uh, before BET, before MTV uh, was playing black music videos, there was a local show in New York called Video Music Box. Okay. And you would watch that and you would see cool stuff. So I saw the kid play music video like the one you just played, which was awesome. And I was just like, who are those guys? They're very visual. They're very cool. So I talked to a friend of mine who worked at the management company that handled kid and play. I was like, uh, are they good guys? Do they show up yeah. to work on time? What's their vibe? And they were like, yeah, they're great. I was like, great. So we came in, we pitched them the movie and they're like, I don't know, man, I'm supposed to go on tour this summer. I'm going to make so much more money on tour <laughs> than making right. your little no budget movie. I'm like, I'm telling you, this is going to change your life. <laughs> <laughs> You know, in this office, which is about like a closet, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, I'm, yeah. anyway, I convinced them to do it. And, uh, and I was like, they got, I, you know, I want you to know, they got gold and platinum albums. I didn't know if they had gold and platinum albums, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, yeah. You, you, yeah. <laughs> big. But I guess, like the kid and play personalities that are in the film. Did you tailor it to who they were as people or were like how, how well defined were their personalities in the public eye before this film? Yeah. Well, the, the, they were, I mean, they, they were cool, fun guys. Obviously play was the smoother, cooler right. guy play had the high top face. So he seemed a little more wacky. So I just kind of gave kid my personality, which is like, a shy guy with a cartoon sensibility. And I always had a much cooler friend, right? (laughs) So I just made play the much cooler friend. (laughs) And, you know, it just kind of went from there, you know? Um, Well, what I I also... Oh, go. Oh, sorry. What I love about this movie is 
it it doesn't feel stereotypical because even in the beginning, like he's not like a wimp, like he fights back. Like he like kid is in that, you know, that in that little fight in the beginning, he throws the jello. Like he's not, you know, I think in most movies like, oh, don't hit me. Or, you know, it's like, yeah, he's afraid of them, but he's not backing down. There's something cool about him, which I think is different. You know, yeah, than this, well, yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, if you were scared of fighting, then you right. were a punk. And there's right. literally the audience is like, we're done with you. There's no redemption. We're not waiting right. 90 minutes for you, for your nuts to drop. Like, you're right. out. Right? So if you fight and lose, that's respectable. Right. I so like that. we wanted, you know, he had to be respectable. Can we actually show, like, that screenshot from the movie of, of the Jell-O fight? I think I pulled one up for the producer because I wanted to ask you about it. You know, yes. the Jell-O hits a picture of Ronald Reagan. Yes. It, and I was wondering, I mean, is that like a political message in there? No, yeah, no, it's, it's, <laughs> I look back and I go, man, could I be more on the nose, more <laughs> hammer the point home? Like there's no school that actually has pictures of the president hanging on the wall. I mean, that's such a trope of teen movies or comedy movies. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, I thought it was funny. I don't even think he was president the way, at the worked. time. <laughs> it works. I mean, it does work. I, I, uh, I also want to get in your head a little bit because I've read a bunch of articles about this, but I haven't really heard anyone's take on how the movie opens and the post credit scene in the film. Right? The movie opens yes. with this dream, right? And the roof is coming off the house, like. And then at the end of the movie, if you if you don't watch the credits, you won't see it because like, there's a little blanket of credits. And then that roof comes falling out of the sky and kills or at least maims those two police officers at the end. So right. talk to me about like that. Like, I love that framing device. It's so I was like, whoa, this is really kind of crazy and fun. Right. Well, I mean, I, you know, we were like, OK, we needed like a, a credit sequence. Right. So right. I was just like, OK, well, what will make you. I mean, my attitude then and now is kind of, even though it's a theatrical motion picture, like I feel like you have five, you have five minutes tops to get to someone to drop the remote control, right? Right. It's like, like you know, you know, you you know, you sit there, you pay your money, you're watching the movie, and do you settle in, or do you go well, maybe? Maybe we can catch the movie next right. door and then go to the other part of the multiplex, right? Like, so you got to like nail people. So I figured if we literally blew the roof off, right? right in the George Clinton sense of like tear the roof off the sucker, if we actually opened like that, right? In a dream sequence, people would go, well, I don't know what the hell this is. I've never seen this movie before. Uh, I'm going to watch it, right? So yeah. that was the spirit. And then, you know, in my kind of cartoon mind, I was like, well, what happened to the roof? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so uh, I said, OK, let's let's have a, a you know, an in credit sequence. Obviously, Marvel bit me. Um, right, right. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> an in credit sequence where the roof lands on the cops. And I remember I just thought it was so funny. So then the day we're shooting it. And there's a giant crane holding this roof and swinging it over. And there's dummies dressed as the cops. There's a, okay, shoot the, uh, shoot the real people, then switch them out with the dummies. Yeah. And my DP is like, you know, it's easy to type this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm, the roof, 
but <laughs> there's a yeah. giant crane swing in this hand. I'm like, yeah. And that's an expensive, and that's expensive, right? For a movie it's like this. It's super <laughs> ambitious for like 20 seconds. It's 20 <laughs> seconds joke, right? But I later, I, I didn't hear, I didn't know this at the time, but there's a great Mel Brooks quote, right? right. Where he was pitching something in Spaceballs. And the, uh, you know, the studio exec says, well, you know, that's a pretty expensive joke. And Mel Brooks says, no joke is too expensive. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. He's right. right. If you get a laugh, it works. The joke pays for itself. We're done. A hundred percent. That's what people talk about. They put it in the trailer and you're done. You got it. You got the whole thing. That's it. I actually have a question about George Clinton because you also cast him in this movie. You know, yes. he's cast. He's the DJ at the at the um, at the fraternity party at like the kind of sophisticated fundraiser. Thing. Yes, I was wondering. I've always wondered this, and now I finally get to ask you: Is that in your imagination of him being there at that DJ table? Is that George Clinton who's bored and fallen on hard times, or is it just a DJ who looks like George Clinton? It's an alternate universe, George Clinton, where <laughs> it didn't happen for him. Right. He's as funky and cool as the actual George Clinton, but he's reduced to playing this party, which is just not happening. I I love that. The main thing for me, I just had to meet George Clinton. I'm making a movie. I may never make another movie. So if I'm making a movie, I'm going to use the little bit of leverage I have to meet my ultimate creative hero. Did he? Did did, Yeah. I see right there. Yeah. (laughs) Did it did it work? Did, was it good? Was it worth it? Like I mean, because I always feel like when you meet somebody that you're a big fan of, what did he pay off? Was it fun to meet him? It was spectacular because he's a really great guy. Right. And we we I, I he was staying at the Mondrian Hotel, right? So like I go to meet him and I go up the elevator and knock on the door and he comes this pack full of funketeers, right? And we're talking, and I'm like, okay. I've got to like let him know who I am, yeah. right? That I'm here with him. So I mentioned his book, Behold a Pale Horse. He goes, you read Behold a Pale Horse? I said, yes, I have. He goes, oh. And it was like, I was instantly like, I'm in right. at least the middle circle, right? And we that. have remained friends throughout. I love so that. It's, so it was absolutely worth it. We have a couple more questions before we let you go. I want to just... I, the other thing I didn't know was that this movie premieres at Sundance. We talked about that. The midnight movie, the years after, the year after Sex, Lies, and Videotape. What was it like in that theater? Did you know in that moment, like, oh, this works? Because that's a tough room to also play, too. It's like, yeah. Like, what was that right. like? Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. Because when, when we had our first test screen for the movie, mm-hmm. it was on the Fox lot, right? Okay. So... We're driving to the Fox lot and traffic's bad and I'm nervous I'm going to be late for my test screen. And I realized the traffic's bad because people are coming to the test screening. Wow. And they literally like, it was supposed to be an audience that was half black and half white, but all the black came early and took all the seats. So, and like the theater literally rocked. It was explosive. So I knew the movie worked. But this is the opposite. I'm in a essentially all white room in Utah, right? Yeah. So this is a different kind of test for the movie. And it 
annihilate it, right? And oh, wow. and like and like Sundance is a great place, but it's not. It's like a bunch of very thoughtful films, you know. So right. like a big fun movie at Sundance is really unexpected there. So the audience went crazy, standing ovation. And I remember two people ran up, right? One was one of the top execs from Warner Brothers who said, I remember that script. I passed on it, but I didn't see this movie in it. I'll buy the rights to this movie right now from, you know, from, this, you know, from New Line. I was like, wow. And the other was Michael Moore, the filmmaker who did Roger. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, Roger. He was like, this movie's great. So it was just like, whoa, whoa. like this immediate gratification, not just from the audience, but from specific people who represented very different constituencies that I really yeah. cared about. So, yeah. and they just started adding more and more shows throughout the rest of the festival. They're like, no, we have to add more house party screenings. So we won the, um, um, the audience trophy, um, the, the best cinematography trophy. It was a really uh, wow. rewarding uh, event. Uh, it was just like, wow. And, like, uh, so it was just wonderful. It was, it was a wonderful, wonderful uh, launch for the film. I'm trying to imagine what that was like to be there in 1990. You know, it's like the start of a new decade. You know, there's all this buzz around this film. And you're thinking, I'm curious, like, where did you think the film industry was going to go? Like, what were the hopes right then for, like, what was going to happen? And, like, what, what really, how did everything play out? Well, you know, it's really interesting because... I mean, my older brother was uh, a black filmmaker, uh, but you know, it was like when you like you have a little independent movie at the show the film festival. So you know, in those days, the ambition was if you could somehow get the money to make a feature film, it could show for two weeks at the Cinema Studio, right, on the right. Upper East Side of New York, and like, whoa, you're a rock star! I mean, that was as big as you could dream, right? Um, so when House Party opened, you know, nationwide review by Siskel and Ebert and, yeah. you know, Visit Canby and, you know, it was like, oh my God, like we are, you know, crossing into this new place, right? With this yeah. new movie. And I remember like, uh, Siskel was like, this is a movie about juvenile delinquents who de- do property damage. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> and Roger Ebert completely got it. He said, no, this is a teen movie, like yeah. any other teen movie. So, so, and there was a theater in Colorado that wouldn't turn the lights all the way down in the theater because they thought wow. kids were just going to riot. Uh, so, you know, and you, I, I heard you a little earlier when you were talking about this specific period in hip hop, which is a forgotten period. It was a great phrase that Bernie Mac used to say called happy rap. Right. And, yeah. And there was a lot of artists who just made happy party records. Right. Yeah. And it was before NWA. It was before public enemy. And you know, that's, that's that sound and that image is great too. But the happy rap era, heavy D and the boys, all those kind of artists, yeah. they're really underrated. They're unfairly forgotten, and they kind of need to come back. I mean, the most successful version was Will Smith. He is yeah. the pinnacle of happy rap. There's nothing wrong with that. 
But I think it get, and I think it got a lot of kids like me in like into it because it was sort of like you could it was accessible. It felt young. It felt different. And uh, yeah, I mean that was it. I was even thinking about uh, oh my gosh, why well, Ro- Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock like yes. that, you know it's like all this, this great, great stuff. Yeah, they were and so. Like, good. And you're right. You could play it in front of your parents, and you know, not, look, I I always think look one to me one of the greatest hip hop records ever made was. Mind playing tricks on me by the ghetto boys, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And there's two versions. And the truth is the clean version is better than the dirty version because <laughs> they actually wrote new lyrics. And the lyrics are better than the curse words. Oh, I gotta check that out. I wanna see that. Check it out. Uh, uh Reggie, it's been so great talking to you. We we compared you to John Hughes in a way because he created like this definitive uh, teen movie that feels so specific and so strong. And I just want to tell you a couple of things that people are saying about you on the chat right now. People are like, uh, there is like the great white hype is uh, one of my favorite movies. Uh, people think you're a brilliant writer. People think that you should have your own podcast. Uh, <laughs> people just love everything that you do. I want to recommend that you kind of got back to your documentary roots recently with Netflix with the black Godfather, which is yes. a great uh, doc. Um, and you've done so much great stuff. You've produced things like uh, the boondocks. You've directed things like uh boomerang. You have, there's your career is so fascinating to me. And, and thank you for so much for spending this time and chatting with us. Absolutely. And also, you, I want to say too, like a lot of people in the chat and myself included are saying, we really want to see the original short of house party. I was unable to find it. I, I don't know if it's possible to ever show it, but if it is, there are people who really want to check it out. Yeah, I literally, it's it's literally in a vault somewhere. Like, and, <laughs> you know, when you make when you make your first movie, you just go every night. I'm just gonna watch my my short film before I go to bed. And <laughs> <laughs> the reality is, you just go, that's ancient history. I I can barely, I can't even pay attention to the movie I did last year. Thank you, Paul. Great to meet you, Amy. Thanks Thank for having you, me. Thanks for celebrating house party. I am the opening act. The main act is here. Do your <laughs> damn thing, Brother Chris Reed. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Oh, man. Well, oh, that, the better we could give a better intro there. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Reggie. <laughs> Bye-bye. Take care. Hey. All right. Look at this. What's up? How are you? What's up? How you doing? Can you can you hear me okay? We can hear you great. Thank you so much for joining us and chatting (laughs) Uh, with us. We've just been talking to Reggie uh, about all this. I've been watching. I've been watching. It's it's fascinating to me, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is like, you know, just we're kind of going through your guys' career and, you know, where you guys, you know, when you and uh, when you and Play started, you know, making these two albums, you yeah. know, what was that like? Like coming, you know, obviously you partner up, but then when you make that first album, Too Hype, where, like, where, like, how does that explode for you? Is that big right out of the gate or is it sort of a slow burn and you guys start to get build up? Um, you know, it was a different kind of vibe. Like back then it was like different. Like we didn't have like an album deal right, right away, you know? we actually had to have like three hit singles 
before they gave us an album deal. Like, oh, wow. We had our first single was called Last Night. Our second single was called uh, Do This My Way. And our third single, third hit single, <laughs> was called Getting Funky. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then the record label said, eh, I think we'll give you a record deal, a whole album. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Paul, you know yeah. how it is. Paul, no, that's, it's, like, it's like if you got to like how many times, it, you know. So, yeah, you got to keep on proving yourself every over and over again. Right? Yeah. But that's just what it was. So, you know, you know what, you know, you know how it is. It, we, when you don't know anybody, you just like, all right, we got to make another one. Let's make another one. We got to make another one. Make another one. Um, and so we had three hit joints in a row. Our producer, by the way, our producer was Herbie Lovebug, who, oh, you know, had blown up salt and pepper, you know, no, no small feet, whatever. You know, we got the hottest producer. And so they give us uh, they give us a record deal, and our first our first um, album you know was a gold album was a, you know it was a big deal, and I think that's what those songs and those videos is what came to uh, Reggie's attention. Yeah, you know, and I but I love hearing I was lo- loving to hear Reggie's you know his take on everything. You know, by the way, he's looking like he's looking real Danny Gloverish. Right now. <laughs> he looks good. He's got that quarantine Whatever. beard. He, he looks really he's, good. I like yeah, it. I like looking, it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him my colorist number. <laughs> great. But um, but that was the that was you know that was the vibe we were, and I think that was a vibe that Reggie was picking up on. Um, you know, he was in New York. We were in New York. We were we were hot. We were hot in New York, and uh, hip hop music was hot. It was coming up. And Reggie, you know, Reggie was really, really, really smart. He was he was always thinking about the next level type stuff. And originally, he would approach me in the clubs in New York because I was always there. Play was never there. I was always right. there. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait, right? so you guys were kind of a different, like, so you were more of the, the partier, yeah, and he was Older. more in. <laughs> but we didn't we didn't start that way. We didn't okay. start that way as kids. We know we known each other since we were like 12, 12 and thirteen. And when I, you know, I was, I was, when we first started hanging out, I was the geek, you know, I was the, I was the kid that knew, <laughs> you know, I was a guy that went to, you know, I went to Bronx high school of science. Yo. I was like, I was, oh, wow. smart, I was a smarty and, <laughs> you know, and play was, you know, he was like a stick up kid. He was like, you know, he was, you know, you know what I mean? It was, it was a match made in heaven. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He was, we were, we were watch Jeopardy and he would be amazed that I knew the answers. <laughs> and then we would go out somewhere and I'd be amazed that he knew all the felons. So it was a thing we were trying to bring it together. You know what I'm saying? So it was a natural friendship. And I think Reggie picked up on that from the videos. And then, you know, as he, as he recounted, I don't want to recount what he recounted, but you know, that process, you know, we got to know each other and, um, I remember reading the original house party script and I remember thinking, like he said, it wasn't all there. Right. But it was pretty, it was the closest I'd ever read. I've read a lot of scripts that people had proposed, uh, for, for play and I to do. It, it was, it was my job to read back then. Right. Yeah. For the group, you know. Was it? That, was that your end game? Like you wanted to do? Like you wanted to get into no. acting? Like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I know. No, not that. But I think I think we all had dreams about like 
you know, being famous and doing cool stuff right. and all this and that. And I think at the time, I think what Reggie was referring to at the time, you know, we were, we were, we were doing okay. Like we were touring a lot and that was plays vibe. Plays vibe was like, and when we fought, and you know, we're not fought about it, but we, that was the internal discussion. I was like, yo, I read this script. I think, I think, I think we can get it there. You know, in my opinion, I was like, yo man, this joint's like about 70% there. I said, but we can, we can bring it the rest of the way. This is the best thing I ever read that somebody wrote that approached us about it. Right. And then, so, you know, we went back and forth, me, him, um, and, and, uh, her be love bug. And, you know, play was more like, yo, we got this tour. But, uh, you know, I, I think I was thinking like, 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 like Reggie. I was thinking, man, you know, yeah, you never know. Right. We could, we could, we, you know, and, you know, and that's what happened. But, you know, um, it was, um, I don't know when, and, and I'm sure Reggie can attest to this as well. Like when you look at all the different things that I had to kind of come together, it's pretty amazing. And, and then, you know, when they did and and then when they did and they did and they did and now it's 30 years later and people feel as, um, you know, I don't know, emotional and as positive about the movie as they as they did then. Yeah, that's the that's the crazy part. Like you can't you can't predict that. Well, but it's like, it's part you too. Like, you know, it's like, it's this alchemy of everything. That's like why people respond to that movie and the movies after it's like, because it's your relationship. It's the relationships in the movie. It feels like you are hanging out with friends and these characters feel real. Like they feel lived in, you know, they don't feel like stereotypical characters. Wait, wait, let me tell you a quick story because, but, but I know I want to get to a question from Amy because I've been watching her. She asked the best questions. She's oh, no. very, the best. Don't ever, yeah. Paul, don't lose her. You're gonna, no, she's, you're the gonna best. Go, she's the best. I know. You're gonna go, you're gonna go downhill if you lose her. <laughs> I know. Believe me, I know. But I but I'll tell, I'll tell you a quick story that let me know early on, like, like this is something different. So so we did the movie, the movie's getting ready to come out. So they're doing, you know, various screenings or whatever. So they tell us, they say, yo, kid and play, come to this theater in newark new jersey newark new jersey break city we're gonna we're gonna do a screening for these high school kids from newark okay no problem you know you know what i'm saying just you know it's yeah. like the christians and the lions like this is how you're gonna know <laughs> if, if where where you stand right so we we go to the screening and they put us up in the balcony where they can't see us so the crowd don't know we're there the kids they don't know we're there we're up there just me and them me and play, and we're watching this. We're watching them watch the movie. And there was one point in the movie, and I'm sure Amy knows this because she knows everything <laughs> about every movie, all right? There was a part in the movie where, you know, I'm running around, the cops are chasing me, the f- full force is chasing me, I'm running around, and finally I see uh, Play and Martin in the car. They, they go to the party, and I'm like, I'm trying to wave them down. I'm like, yo, 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 come, you know, come, come scoop me, come. And they just, they just drive right by me, right? And the dude says, see, yo, man, wasn't that kid? And he said, man, you know, you know, play was like, hey, man, whatever, whatever, whatever. And we in this theater and some young brother from down below, one of the young high school kids, he just stood up and said, play, you ain't shit. (laughs) 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 This is the first time, this is the first time anybody's seen this movie anywhere. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? And it was that, it was that 
blatant. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then we looked at each other. We were like, yo, yo, <laughs> like, this is like, like, this is so real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah. saw me. They saw me. I'm running for my life. I'm trying to get the dude. I'm going to see my mansky. And, and, and the dude jumped up. He said, play, you ain't shit. And the whole crowd was like, ah! I looked at him like, yeah, motherfucker, you ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a question exactly, but I was hoping we could watch my favorite 40 seconds of the movie as a group, which is... Uh, when you finally make it to the party and you walk in and you have this entrance through the whole house all the way around, it is I, my favorite part because I think it's just the happiest, biggest joy bomb on earth. Oh, wow. And I just want to watch it together. And I just want to <laughs> you, ask you about filming that scene because you just radiate so much happy. Right. Yo, what's up, man? What's going on? Yo, I'm glad you showed up, man. What's up with your pops? Yo, you know how it is, man. How much more trouble can I get into? Beat down's a beat down. Yo, man, I hear you, man. But since you're here, let me announce you. Yo, yo, look who fell into the gig. No, yo, man. Man. Yeah. All right, man. Yo, put my fucking spot, please. You got it. Don't worry. A lot of things that was that was really great about you know, the house party movies, particularly that one was it really mirrored things that we had gone through as, as young people, as people growing up in high school or, you know, in terms of your family and stuff like that. So, I mean, there was, um, and particularly with play and I, like we had done these things already, you know, we we had been to the parties at three, four, five o'clock in the morning and got in trouble and got beat down and all, you know what I mean? That's why, When I say a beatdown is a beatdown, a beatdown is a beatdown. No, a beat, a beat, a beatdown is a beatdown if you come in at two or if you come in at five. So right. you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's the beatdown is a beatdown. And I think uh, having been through what I've been through, I'm, I'm ducking full force. I'm ducking the cops. I'm ducking. I get to the party. I'm, I'm happy. I'm relieved. I'm like, ah, like, ah, like, you know what I'm saying? This might be the last fun time of my life you know what I'm saying for what you know you know when you were sneaking yeah. out back in the days you don't know you just you know what's gonna happen you know the hammer is gonna strike but you just like you know what you know I, I had a, I had a friend of mine he was a uh he used to he, he he was married right and he would get in trouble a lot of times his wife would get mad if he was trying to go out at night you know what I mean like she she didn't want him to go out and he would look at me and say well you know what Ain't no use in both of us being mad, so I'm just gonna go out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, so, I mean, there's there's so many extras in the party scenes that you know you get to yeah. see everybody over and over again. You kind of get to create relationships. Like there's that girl that you hate dancing with for some reason. And I mean, to have this party going on, the number of days it must have taken to get this sequence, like did it feel sort of like a party, like at craft services or people just exhausted? Like you're around the same group of people. Everybody's dancing, everybody's sweating, everybody's young. What yeah, well, was, was that? I mean, the vibe was excellent. I think we shot a lot of those um, interiors uh, on, um, on Culver City, Culver City lot. And, um, you know, look, we didn't, we, uh, in, I mean, Reggie could, could tell you exactly, but I think we, we shot that movie in five weeks. 
you know, so yeah. we didn't have, it wasn't like, well, I heard that I mean? the dance sequence is only like half a day. It only took, because I mean, well, time. no, yeah. I mean, the, the oh. dance sequence, as I recall, um, Paul, the dance sequence was like the whole day. Like, and they okay. let us know. And they were like, yo, today we're going to get everything. We're going to get the kitchen. We're going to get the whole thing. We're going to get the battle. You know what I'm saying? They, they got right. that that whole day. They got the, the dance battle and they got the rap battle. They, you know what I mean? We didn't That's have, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't got we didn't have that luxury, and as as young actors, we didn't know no better. We was like, this is right. No, we just like, all right, you know, we (laughs) were all young in our twenties, and we just like, all right, you know, we, you know, I could dance all day back then. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We could dance all day. So um, I just remember a lot of energy, and and as you can see, but I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna gonna hip you to something real quick. All right, particularly for Amy's. uh, Amy's uh, knowledge, because if you want to watch some of the interesting people in the party scene, when we're doing the battle scene, when playing our rap battling, there's a young lady to the right of the DJ. She's got red on and she is dancing up a storm. Like, and we don't, to this day, we don't know if she's dancing to the music or the words or whatever. She's got like curly hair and she is. She got gloves on and she, you know what I mean? And I know she who is, you're talking about. Yeah, and she is dancing with the unbridled passion of youth. You know what I mean? And to me, that's kind of what that movie was, was about, man. We were just like, you know, we had no idea that that this thing would, would um, you know, we had hints along the way, but, um, you know, for people to still be, you know, trying to talk about it all after all this yeah. time. And, and, it having been kind of a platform and a, and a boost off for a lot of different actors. And, and, you know, it was great for us. It was great for Reggie. It was great for, you know, a lot of the different actors you guys, that were involved, you know? I mean, look, you, you, right. So you, you create, you have these singles, you get this big album, you have this giant movie, you turn yourselves into cartoons. You become a cartoon show. Um, it's like, you have this tremendous, like you get to do everything. And, I was reading that like there was a little bit of a vibe on the set that it was a cool movie because like what Stallone came by and like Denzel Washington came to your rap party. Do you remember that at all? Or um, well, I remember. I remember Denzel. I mean, Denzel was was always friendly. Like you know, he would come by. He's he's come by like a few of our, our different productions. Yeah. Um. Um. But I I just think there was a I don't know particularly that first house party movie. So, yeah. so many of us, it, it was either our first movie or we were like really, really early in the game. Obviously, Kid and Play was our first movie. Um, Martin had been in a, in a couple of things, but wasn't really, really experienced. Full Force, The Bullies, first movie, and they were amazing. Uh, honestly, the, the 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 person that had the most experience was probably Tisha, Tisha Campbell, right? And you know, who played you know my girlfriend or whatever, and. She was she was amazing, you know. She you know she was great to work with. She, uh, you know, and and obviously Reggie was a first time director. So you know, come on, Paul, you've been I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of yeah. yours. I, you know, you know when y'all are just doing y'all just love yo, yeah. We just we just we're just gonna do it, and we don't and we don't you know and we don't know no better, and that's okay. That that was a good thing. So we weren't there was nothing we were right. scared of. There was nothing we were scared of. There was well, I think that we that comes across. Up. Yeah, it feels like that's what the, the it's so playful yeah. and fun. Now, I have a I have a controversial question to ask you because here's the thing: I met you when I was in New York City one time. You were having uh, dinner at a restaurant. I got your autograph. You were very lovely about it. I was a young kid. You're super nice. Now, play 
went to my blockbuster video in uh, where I worked, and I got his autograph. Now, where? Where uh, in Syosset. Syosset. Uh, yeah. He used to have yeah. a house out there. He used to have a house Yeah, so he would come in there, him and Natalie Portman, when I was like working there. Now, when Stop you signed it. your name, yeah, oh, it was the best. It was it was amazing. So now when you signed your name, you signed your name, Christopher Reed. Now, he signed it. I brought this in. I'm show it to you. Yeah. House party. It's a VHS thing. He signed it. Kid and play. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Well, you know, sometimes we would do that. Sometimes okay. we would do, you know what I mean? We, okay. we had that, we had that relationship okay. with each other that. I didn't want, I mean? yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. But, but on that tip, look, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story real quick. This, this is back in the days, probably okay. about the same time. So, you know, I was still living in Queens. So I'm in Queens, I'm running around and there's, you know, this brother tried to stop me. He said, man, kid, man, kid, let me, kid, let me holler at you. Man, I'm like, come on, man. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to go about my business. You know what I mean? Man, <laughs> kid, man, kid, let me holler at you, man, kid, let me, man. come on, kid, kid, let me holler at you real quick. And he ran the dude, the brother, ran, brother ran me down. He said, man, kid, let me get your autograph, man, come on real quick. And I said, "All right, man, man, let me, let me, you know, let me get this autograph." And he and he pulled out a bootleg copy of House Party. I said, God, <laughs> man. "I said, motherfucker," I said, "Man," he said, and then he just snatched. It. He said, "Fuck you, kid." <laughs> <laughs> I, I went the play was better. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to before we let you go. Obviously, uh, you sent me this, which I love. This is like a picture that you are in the famous hairstyles of cinema right here. Josh, can you pull up I that know. picture? So, but look at this. Yeah, here you go. The, I mean, and it's true. Like the most famous memorable hair. You got it. You did. I it mean, all. if there's, I mean, can you imagine that? The, t- the <laughs> most memorable movie hair. I'm in the top 10 of that. That's pretty. That's I mean, pretty I would cool. say you're, I say you're in the top three, honestly. I feel I like mean, it's like Princess I'm Leah, okay. you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what yeah. else? Like, I, maybe and the top two. <laughs> And the thing, if you think, and this is what I tell people, they always ask me about it like that. I, I was like, yo, like I walked in the door like that. Like, like yeah. I, I, I think that's how I got the job. Like, you know, yo, yo, well, yo, they made you, they made you do your hair like that. I said, no, they didn't make me do my hair like that. I walked, we walked in like that. We, as Reggie was stating earlier, like, you know, we had a vibe, you know, we had yeah. a vibe and, and, and Paul, you can appreciate this. You, you super creative. When you're young, our vibe was, you know, when these young cats come out now, young, you know, entertainers, rappers or whatever, they come out and they say, man, we, this is the new dance. This is how you dress. This is how you do it. Uh-huh. Do it like us. Uh, back when we were coming up, we were like, don't, d- d- what, uh-uh. don't do this. Right. You, you don't do that. We do this. <laughs> you yeah, don't like, do this. We're the entertainer. Yeah. We're, no, no. We're the cool kids. We're the cool kids. All that mattered was our crew. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. we were like, we were like, whatever you do, don't do this. If you do this, you're corny, you abide. You're... We told them, don't do this. Don't dance like us. Don't dress like us. Don't do your hair like us. We was like, don't know. And what they do? They did. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, that maybe, I don't know, you know, whatever that came into. We were, we were impressed to have everybody look and dance and be like us. We were like, we're like, you know, we're young. We're like, eh, you know, who cares? You know what I'm saying? But it was, it was, all, it was all love, and you know, like I said, it was nice to to see how y'all uh, uh, rap with uh, with Reggie. You know, you know, we changed, we changed each other's lives, and um, yeah. you know, I appreciate his uh, you know, his intellect and his um, you know, his his accuracy. You know, if he don't yeah. write it, if he doesn't write it, and you're a writer, Paul, so you know, yeah. It, 
if y'all don't write it, we can't we can't talk it. But it's and, it's a combination of everything good. You guys brought so much to it. And it's been so great talking with you and Yay! Uh, <laughs> and you can follow you on social media. You are uh, you're on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle again? I want to. Uh, it's kid from kid and play. There it is. <laughs> yeah, we got you know. Yeah, we got we got stuff popping, and uh, I appreciate what y'all do, what y'all doing, man. And and you know, Paul, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you I know, I watch. I, yeah, you. I'm already a big fan of yours, and and Amy, she's 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 like uh, Queen Thorough. That's her she's name. She's the best. She is the best. And yeah, uh, we're gonna do a thing. I, I you're gonna be in this thing that we're doing that's coming out in a couple months. This scroll wheel time uh, interactive uh, thing. It's good. You're great. You're great. You're awesome in it. You already, yeah. Come on. It's so good. All right, great. <laughs> Thank I'll you. Talk Thank to you, you for making right. one of my favorite movies ever. Thank you. Come on. All right. All right. Much love, y'all. <laughs> See you later, bye. Thanks so much. Oh my gosh. This has been awesome. Amy, so <laughs> great to talk to Chris. It was so great. Uh, talk to me about this movie. When it, Obviously, we love it. We've talked about, we've heard so much now about this film. We haven't even gotten to get into the nitty gritty of just some of the great characters in it. John Witherspoon, uh, uh, you know, Robin uh, Harris, Robin Robin Harris. Harris, who we like rhapsodized about when we did our do the right thing episode. Oh, and, and, you know, Robin Harris, one of the interesting things was uh, Spike had shown Reggie a cut of do the right thing. And that's how Reggie got hip to him in this film. And he died nine days after this movie was released, Robin uh, Harris. And then Reggie went on and uh, exactly executive produced Bebe's Kids, which I never realized was done after Robin had died. Uh, on Love does his voice in that, which I did not know. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, Robin's death is kind of this framing device uh, around the pajama jammy jam. And um, he was kind of talking about it nicely. But one of the, the, the notes that New Line Cinema did give is they thought Robin's delivery was too hard to understand that it was just too much of a dialect. And they were like, you, you can't have that guy be that character. And, and he fought to make sure that Robin was the dad. And I think Robin's scenes are some of the best scenes in the movie. I mean, Oh yeah. And seemingly completely improvised too, from everything that I kind of read. And, you know, uh, just, and there's such a funny scene. And again, another post credit scene, like the, the, the beating happens over the credits. So you just hear it like over it, which makes me laugh. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so many little clips I want to play, but I don't know if our if our video stuff is working okay. But you, know, one of the things I really admire about this film is, even as it is this big, fun, bright teen movie, I think that Reggie does such a good job of kind of lacing in real life for a teenager. You know, kind of putting it in what it, it was like. You know, to be say a black teenager getting stopped by the cops, which is such a recurrent theme in this movie. And so I wanted to play a clip if if our stream is working. Of a scene where the cops first arrest Kid when he is at the party with all of the rich people and George Clinton. Look, officer, it was just an accident. And we don't want to press charges. Well, these kids have been in a few accidents this evening. I don't think you should let this slide by. They need discipline, not solitary confinement. That's true. Thank you very much. Too scared to make a statement. They're not going to talk? Nope. They're not gonna. They're not gonna press charges. Nope. You perpetrators were very lucky tonight. Apparently, these people aren't gonna press charges. So you're gonna get up, go home, and go to bed. But before you do, I want you to repeat after me. What? I am. What? I am. Come on, what's feeling? I, I am. am somebody. 
somebody. Really? This is ridiculous. All right, that's good. Now get up and go home. Beat it. I mean, it's just so sharply written, this whole scene, you know, to have a comedy that is a big, bright comedy and figure out how to write in bits where it talks about like condescension, stereotyping, getting it in there very lightly, making it funny, keeping it in the rhythm so it's not stopping for a very special moment. But it's just so perceptive and intelligent. And the way I love how that audience crowd, you know, the fussy old people have been glaring at Kid for rapping and being like, oh, this horrible modern music, but immediately pivot to his defense and take his side against, you know, what they find just to be this encroachment. Yeah, when this is what a, a lot of people in the chat were saying, like, like that was a really powerful moment for them as a kid to see that and to be like, it's it is a really cool moment. And the movie, I think, is very light touches on all of this stuff. It's not like hitting you over the head. It's like it's still a funny scene, but it's saying something. And you know, from the Reagan stuff to that, it's it's all peppered throughout the whole film. And um, I thought it was interesting. Maybe uh, we're talking about like what this movie kind of launched, but uh, I have a clip of uh kid and play after the movie came out or right when the movie came out they were doing like um like kind of like hey come see our movie and this is maybe an idea of like not knowing exactly where the movie's going to go but what they're thinking about every day was doing a music video all in all it was a great experience uh, we enjoyed it we're looking forward to doing it again if the price is right uh, we might be able to make house party two or about rapping breaking three electric boogalee just love the idea like, like, like you know it's like this is this movie like it, it did it created so many of these films people didn't want to get rid of these characters i mean there's five movies in they're in the first three they've popped up in the in the in number five we'll kind of talk about where their characters show up but it's like they spun off movies and cartoons. And I wanted to talk a little bit about this cartoon because you have a clip of this cartoon, right, Amy? I did. I just pulled the opening credits because I thought they captured so much of the great energy. I mean, I I think you're just going to be hard pressed to find anyone that can traverse this many genres. I mean, they just really, they did it all. uh, And, and it still resonates. It doesn't like, you know, uh, it's not like a flash in the pan. I think there's a lot of things always that are like quick money grabs and stuff like that, you know? Um, and this is, it has this kind of amazing lasting uh, staying power to the whole it's thing. It's true. And, you know, unlike a lot of Saturday morning cartoons, you know, this one was inspired by a movie that was really well reviewed by critics. I had actually a really hard time finding a negative review of this movie. Everybody came out and they were like, that was really fun. Siskel right. aside, Siskel aside. So here's, <laughs> let's pull up the clip of the one that I did find. Um, and here, this is uh, from Review of House Party. It just says, 
House Party is determined to show us that for all their appalling language and, shall we say, informal manners, these are good kids at heart. And the reaction seems annoyed by the fact that these kids are so good. He says, this (laughs) takes the form of kids' complex dual wooing of the two sexiest girls at the party. He's got both of them on his hands, and all he can do is sit there patiently while being lectured on how birth control works. Uh, And then he just says, you know, there's not much else going on in this amiable but overlong and underplotted movie. That's about as harsh as it got. It, it, like almost like they're just expecting a different film. Yeah, and like you know, I think it's also like that thing of like an older reviewer trying to like understand what kids are like, and they're yeah, it's not not for them at all. Um, people want to just bring up too in the chat that like John Witherspoon uh, is doing like three different uh, conversations <laughs> at once in the phone scene, uh, and and um, you know, and uh, yeah, that that scene he is so so good in it. Amy, we're coming a little bit to the end here, but I wanted to ask a question that we ask every time that we talk about a movie. Um, we know if a movie is good if it has a Simpsons clip. Uh, their Simpsons has been inspired by it. Were the Simpsons inspired by House Party? Oh, were they inspired by House Party? Or, or, okay. or I mean, well, I mean, were they? I mean, you know, is there a Simpsons clip? I guess I should say. Okay. Technically, no, there is no Simpsons clip. However, the inspiration question is one I find quite interesting. Um, You see, House Party comes out in spring of 1990. And right at spring of 1990, another really interesting historical thing is happening, which is that the Simpsons are wrapping up their very first season. And they're suddenly all over the zeitgeist. The Simpsons are huge. I actually pulled this clip from a newspaper article because I love the first line. We're thankful that Batman, the, that the Batman craze died a quick death, but did he have to be replaced by that yellow menace, Bart Simpson, and that green menace, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? The idea that Batman craze could have died. Oh, uh, amazing 1990 predictions. Um, so what's happening here in 1990 is a couple things. Like, here, let's go through the slides and I'll just talk about them as we get there. Um, oh, oh, sorry. I should have said that. The last line of that paragraph, by the way, is how long until Cowabunga, until um, Shorts, one of the major food groups in Webster's incorporates Cowabunga. So I did actually look this up um, in Webster's dictionary and they have not yet incorporated Cowabunga. They had no for that. Okay. I needed to check. Anyways, this really was the time of bootleg Bart Simpson's shirt because it was just huge and everywhere and there wasn't that quite much merchandise yet. So- Illegal Bart Simpson shirts everywhere being seized by federal dudes, as this newspaper article says. Federal dudes? Who is writing this paper? You know, I love (laughs) newspapers.com. Love going through the archives. Um, But one of the versions of the Simpsons shirts that got spun out was something that people were calling Black Bart. And it was a Simpson shirt where Bart Simpson was instead black. And these are like a lot of, you know positive, fun, really kind of cool t-shirts. So I have a few of them that I'm going to show you guys of these bootleg black Bart Simpson shirts. Talk about Mandela. (laughs) This is so interesting. Talking about Bart X. Yeah. Wow. Best to move, say say no to drugs. This is really fascinating. It is. And so then these shirts started, as happens today, think pieces, right? And here's where House Party comes back into the fold because these two things are hip at the same time. So they're doing articles about these bootleg shirts and they're interviewing. If you look up close at it, they're interviewing Reggie about this. They're asking Reggie what he thinks about like this moment in time. And you know, this collusion of pop culture and black culture and like, where is culture going? And so I think I pulled a close up. I, so Reggie's in that first one talking. And then here's this one about the sky high rate hair. All as Simpsons, all the rage, but some say they, they sport it before Bart. And here is where kid 
actually does get folded back into the conversation because they start quoting him in his hair and saying, you know what? This hair actually, before Bart Simpson, belonged to Kid. And also Marge. I love that he just pointed to Marge as an example. But so there was kind of this synergy of like Kid and his hair and the Simpsons all having this shared pop cultural conversation in the spring of 1990. And one person actually wrote about Kid and she said something that I liked a lot. She kind of wrapped it all together. Um, She said that Kid um, has been compared to both Tom Hanks and Bart Simpson, which I adore Hmm. that. You know, I think he has um, not just the Bart Simpson type of hair, but he had, I think, this Tom Hanks-like ability that really shines yeah, through in, in House Party. And so because we've already talked about like Tom Hanks too, it just felt like perfect to pull this little clip up about Kid and House Party. And then, of course, you could maybe say that if there was anything you would point to as a Simpsons acknowledgement of House Party and the culture that was now taking over the airwaves because of movies like House Party, because of the songs on the radio— it would be that the year after House Party comes out, The Simpsons launch The Bartman, their own dance. So let's watch a little bit of The Bartman. Now I'm in the house feeling good to be home till Lisa starts blowing that damn saxophone. And if it was mine, you know they'd take it away. But still I'm feeling good, so that's okay. I'm up in my room just to sing in a song. Listen to the kick drums kicking along. Yeah, Lisa likes jazz. She's her number one fan. But I know I'm bad because I do The Bartman. the music on the radio thanks to house party thanks to the simpsons now folding it in i guess and acknowledging it there's no mistaking that by 1991 hip-hop culture is mainstream pop culture so So basically this is yeah this is this is the this is the first shot over the bow and house party breaks through like through you know and in a major major way i i love that kind of connection and i think it's only fair to say if you've heard us talking so much tonight about House Party, you might feel like, well, maybe I want to, you know, ha- own a piece of this, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and and you probably can because let's take a look at the real house from House Party, which was uh, for sale a couple of years ago, right, Amy? It was. It's actually not incredibly far from my house, and it made me really want to go. So <laughs> it was. Sold I should have asked Reggie ago. about this. It looks like he filmed House Party just really in that house. The interiors look exactly the same. It doesn't look like it was that much of. Um, I sat for a lot of it, except for the dancing, oh, as, yeah. as Peter was saying. Yeah, there's the door frame. I checked. It's the same wooden beams. This is wow. the house. And it's sold for, I mean, uh, John Witherspoon lived next door and he bought that house for $15,000. <laughs> and that house uh, was, uh, I think, in the millions at that point mm-hmm. now. So things have, so some things have changed. Um, Amy, it's been so great chatting with you about this movie. It's been so great to talk to Reggie and Chris about uh, their experiences in this. It's such a fun movie um, and so exciting to see it have life now so many years later. I want to give a big giant thank you to the people behind the scenes that you don't see. Molly, who's in the chat, talking to everybody in the chat. Uh, Devin, who's engineering everything. And our producer, Josh, uh, who is just making sure this all runs smoothly. Uh, We have a great team and we appreciate all of them. Devin, show yourself. Molly, show yourself. 
you guys didn't take a shower for nothing. There we go. Oh, yeah, there he goes. <laughs> In the hacker setting. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's so great to see them all there. Uh, thank you, Amy. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Bye. Good night.